global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. The Dow and the S&P 500 index both trading lower. NASDAQ is higher right now. Stocks are falling amid tumbling crude prices and sluggish manufacturing data. We've got West Texas Intermediate Crude down 3.5%, dropping $1.54 now at 43.16 a barrel. Brent Crude down 3%. Gold up 5.40 the ounce to 13.13, a gain of 4 tenths of 1%. The 10-year up 3.30 seconds yield, 1.57%. S&P down 5 to 21.65, a drop of 2 tenths of 1%. Dow Industrials down 25, a drop of 1 tenth of 1%. NASDAQ up five points, a gain of one-tenth of one percent. I'm Charlie Pelleton. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. You're listening to Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio. Very special edition of Taking Stock, live from the 2016 U.S. Tennis Open. Flushing Meadow in Queens is where we are. We're very happy to be here as we are this year. And, in fact, it's an historic year. And it's not historic yet because of the matches or who leaves at the end holding that big, beautiful silver cup over their head. It's because of the roof. The roof the USTA fought so hard, worked so hard to get built, operated last night as uh, Rafa Nadal played a very exciting match. He beat Andreas Seppi of Italy, but I think he seemed happiest about the fact he was the first player to win on center court with that roof closed over his head. Danny Zausner back. Chief Operating Officer of the U.S. Tennis Association, one of the really important forces behind this happening. Danny, welcome and congratulations. Thank you so much. It's great to have you back. Wow. So here we are. Just remind our listeners, you know, money had to be raised. This was a really big deal, and it was it was a debated for so long whether or not the USTA, whether this, this expense should be made here. Well, I could bore you with weather data from over 100 years, that week before and after Labor Day. It's a relatively dry period of time. But as you know, we had men's finals move to Monday five years in a row. It hadn't happened in 30 years. It was the right thing to do for the players, the fans, and all of our partners. It just took a long time to find the engineering results that would give us this spectacular roof that we have on the building. So tell us, what was so hard about the engineering? What, what does this embody now in terms of engineering? Because other, you know, like, like the, doesn't uh, the Australia has a retractable roof? Other places do as well. What is the engineering feat here? So, so first and foremost, this is the first time in the United States that we're actually building a retractable roof over an existing stadium. If it was part of the original design, it would have been done at one time. But Flushing Meadows Corona Park, where we're housed, was an ash dump in the 20s and 30s, so the land conditions here are less than ideal. If we put a roof on this existing structure, everything would sink into the ground. Not fun for the fans or the players. Well, that would so, make it a lot more challenging than it already is. So what about the financing in terms of what it took to get the money together to, to build this incredible roof? In total, we're going to be spending in excess of $600 million on all the upgrades, and we did a couple of bond offerings, and that stuff got gobbled up in a second. Uh, we're a really good risk for a lot of people out there, and so away we go. We're about two-thirds of the way done with all the construction. What's, and there's more construction, not just the roof, but, I mean, I, I must say I, I love the old grandstand stadium. Um, I'm going to have the treat, though, of seeing the new one, which, as I've read, haven't seen it yet, just got out here this morning, is, is pretty spectacular as well. I think you're going to come back and tell me that you think it's a pretty special place, just like the old one was, and that's what we did. We tried to model it after the old one, just slightly larger, but still intimate. We rebuilt the entire South Campus, all new courts out there, and this fall, we're going to tear down Louis Armstrong, which has a lot of history, too. And we'll build a new Louis Armstrong that will open in 2018. It's currently 10,500 seats. The new one will be 14,000. 
very special place. Uh, in terms of, uh, again, paying for all of this construction and all this growth, how much, you just mentioned that you had about $600 million bond offering to help finance. How much does the attendance affect that in terms of the, how, what, what part of the, of the total do you get from the people who actually come out and, and pay the, for their tickets? So our, our big numbers that generate the bulk of our revenues is com- coming from ticket sales, broadcast revenue, and sponsorship sales. And they're all pretty evenly divided. Uh, food and beverage and merchandise is an incredibly large part of the experience here, but it's not a big driver for revenue. How, how, is, how does it look this year in terms of the crowds you're drawing and the tickets you've already sold? The ticket sale numbers are really strong. We're looking like we're on pace to, for the eighth year in a row, be over 700,000 people. Now, we are actually doing, much like last year, two less sessions than we've done historically. So we're down to a 24-session tournament, and we're still driving $800 million of economic impact for the city of New York. So it's a pretty special event for the city. People come from all over the world, all over the country. It's And so, obviously, uh, tell us a bit more about that, because it's not just people go off and make that claim about an event in their city, but for it's got for New York City and the entire area, there are so many tennis fans who show up. That's why this economic data is so relevant for the city, because over 16% of the fans are international. Over 40% come from outside the tri-state area. So no one's that's 40% of the of that 700,000 people. They're not just driving from New York City. They're they're coming from all over the world. They're staying in the local hotels. They're eating in the local restaurants. They're out here for three, five, seven, some, a lot of them for the full 14 days of the tournament. Tell us a little bit about technology. Uh, because that obviously fans uh, and you want the fans to do that. You want them to be tweeting and selfieing and all the rest of it. So what is there anything new this year? Anything that you really want to let us know is happening? Absolutely. Listen, we want to be leaders in that for sporting events in general. We've, we've done uh, several new deals. We have some incredible cameras inside Arthur Ashe Stadium, so you can actually go to an app on our website. Go to usopen.org when you're inside the ball. Give it your seat location, and it'll take a picture of you. You'll have a 30 second window where you can actually see what's going on, and it could be in the middle of an incredibly cool point. And in general, for us, it's always about what's newest and what's great, and at the same time trying to do something that reflects on the history of the event. So you will find that when electronic line call was what was very important to us, we introduced it on one court. Now it's on seven courts. And in 2018, we will be both broadcasting from all 18 courts and doing electronic line calls on all 18 courts. So the broadcasting on all 18 courts, would that be what, what channels, what network will that be carried on? Well, we're broadcasting to over 200 countries. So there's matches being played from players from all over the world, and those host countries want to see their players and currently now they can't always do that from all 18 courts. So this will give us an opportunity to show matches all over the world from every court. Well, I think a lot of people don't realize, too, the first week, there's all some, a lot of these side court matches are the ones that people most want to see because you never know when you're going to get the upset. And, you know, for, and especially because if you're coming from overseas, your, your, your person, your guy or gal can be a star all of a sudden. You're spot on. We can only play five matches a day in Arthur Ashe Stadium. We've got 17 other courts, so those matches have to get distributed among all those courts, and what's amazing for the fans is the players are the top-seeded players in the world, and they can be 50 feet away from you. So really quickly, how are you going to top this next year, Danny Zausner? Oh, we're going to just keep going. In 2018, obviously, when we will have rebuilt 85% of the whole site, people will be pretty surprised. Danny Zausner, again, congratulations. Thank really, you so much, so much work, out. a labor of love, and paying off hugely for tennis in the United States, for Flushing Meadow Queen, for this beautiful stadium, and for all the fans who come out. Danny Zausner, Chief of Operating Officer, for the USTA. I'm Kathleen Hayes. We're live with the US Open. This is Bloomberg.
there are sponsors, there are fans, there's all kinds of business and money out here at the U.S. Open. Up next, Bloomberg Sports reporters, two of our finest on Taking Stock.